Welcome to the Stillhouse podcast, the show where we celebrate all things dark spirits. Whiskey, rum and cognac are sometimes misunderstood as drinks that can only be enjoyed by certain people on certain occasions, but this couldn't be further from the truth. So in this podcast, I'm delighted to meet some of the greatest minds in the world of spirits and cocktails to celebrate the magic of whiskey, rum and cognac. It doesn't matter if you're a complete beginner or a connoisseur. If you're interested in dark spirits, this show is for you. This is The Stillhouse Podcast, made in partnership with Edrington UK and me, Becky Paskin. Last week on The Stillhouse Podcast, I was joined by Lauren Anderson-Smedley from Waitrose and Jamie Campbell from Brugal Rum to discuss how we can use dark spirits to enhance the time we take for ourselves, our me moments. In the show, we define what makes a me moment and why we should be making more time for ourselves. We also look at how dark spirits can enhance our relaxation and enjoyment. It's a fantastic episode, so make sure you go back and listen to it if you haven't already. In recent years, we've all been more focused on how we can live healthier lifestyles and we've never been more aware of the ingredients we're consuming through our food and drink. When it comes to cocktails, that means more natural, locally sourced ingredients and less sugar with longer, lighter serves that are naturally refreshing. But when we consider lighter mixed drinks, it's easy to imagine a spirit base of gin or vodka. So where do dark spirits like whiskey, rum or cognac fit in? Can they be just as refreshing in long cocktails? Helping me find out on today's episode, I have two incredibly knowledgeable guests in the studio. Marcus Zalzanis is a pioneering bartender who's worked in the industry for 15 years. He's also the co-founder of Ideal Drinks, a soda company dedicated to concepts such as rewilding, regenerative farming and sustainable foraging. We're also joined by Tom Sodden, a hospitality and beverage industry veteran. He's co-founder and CEO of Asin Freak, a natural canned drinks company that's become the most globally awarded canned cocktail. Together we discuss whether dark spirits can be truly refreshing and why there's an existing perception that they should only ever be drunk neat. We also explore the importance of local and natural ingredients in your drink and share some really interesting recommendations for lighter, natural mixes beyond the standard cola or ginger ale. Here's a tip, get your soda streams at the ready. Plus, we give our personal recommendations for a dark spirits drink that gives you that real sense of natural refreshment. So make sure you stick around for that. But first, let's learn a little bit more about our guests. My name is Tom Soden. I'm currently the CEO of, uh, and founder of a company called Ace and Freak, uh, which is a mixed alcoholic beverage of fruit juice and, and craft spirits. Really, I'm a glorified bartender. I've been doing this since I was kind of 18 years old. Um, so that's 21 years now. Previously director of a, of a global drinks marketing agency called Sweet and Chili and owner of Nine Lives in London Bridge and the gum makers in Clarkenwell. Fantastic. Great to have you here. My name is Marcus Elzanis. I am founder of a company called Idle Drinks. We specialize in making sodas with wild ingredients and produce from sustainable and regenerative farms. Fantastic. And I've just had a taste of a couple of your expressions and they are so delicious. Thank you. Really lovely, nice and refreshing. And on the subject of refreshment, what do you think are people's go-to's? when they want a refreshing drink? I think a classic is just, is, is a default for a lot of people is a beer, you know, yeah. because it's, it's cold, it's slightly sparkling, it's quite dry, it's quite astringent, quite quenching. So it's interesting that we kind of come from that, but it's in our heritage, you know, it's kind of something that we've been doing for thousands of years, you know. 
There's nothing like a nice ice cold beer, beautiful sun drenched beer yeah. garden, yeah. nice pint of beer is, is super refreshing. When people are looking for something refreshing, there's an element of bitterness in there. Yeah. You know, whether mm. it's the hoppiness of a beer, whether it's the bitterness of the quinine, whether it's, you know, the popularity of Italian style aperitivos, yeah. you know, with Aperol. And actually mm. that's, there's that effervescence, lighter ABV, and an element of bitterness in there. I mean, I've really enjoyed drinking cider again. Yeah. And mm. I, we make some of the best cider in the world. I know that the French will get really upset about that. <laughs> but that thing you said about like tannins and bitterness, mm. all my favorite ciders do have that slight tannic structure. Mm. That's definitely something that I find myself more drawn to in the summer months for a refreshing drink. Yeah. What about dark spirits? Do our minds naturally go to a dark spirit serve as a, a naturally refreshing style of drink? I mean, I went through a phase of not drinking beer. And I always drank scotch and soda and that became my go-to because, again, it ticks a lot of the boxes that Tom was talking about. And the thing is, when you buy a pint of beer, you can't really choose the ABV, can you? It's the ABV that it's brewed at. Whereas if I just wanted to have a nice, refreshing aperitif, I could have just a small, like, 25 mil of really nice light scotch with a really sparkling soda and it was delicious. I agree with that. And, you know, I think it's a bit, a bit different, you know, like perhaps there is a lower amount of that kind of bitterness, but then that can be kind of added in. Mm. Um, you kind of have that richer kind of biscuity sort of flavor than with the malt in there. So I think that's a wonderful way of doing it. And with the soda water and with the ice as well, you get a lower temperature. So it's almost kind of like that hybrid model, you know, mm. saying that it's, it's certainly one of my go-to drinks. You still get some of the tannins that we were talking about from the whiskey itself. Obviously, a lot, some of those tannins come from the cask mm. uh, and a little bit of bitterness from the soda water. And I think an interesting thing is, you know, like if you go to France, they drink cognac and tonic a lot. You yeah. Know, and, it, and, that, and that's a delicious serve. And, you know, often what I'll do is with the tonic water, I'll do half and half with soda water mm. because I don't feel that like I need that much sugar in it. I find it a little bit too imploring on the palate. And especially when you're using a darker spirit, I think tonic's still a great ingredient to use, but just at a lower level. Just having that little bit of a hint of bitterness. I mean, even using something like famous grouse with a little bit of tonic and soda water, so then yeah. you've kind of got, you know, the whiskey flavor coming through, a little touch of bitterness and the effervescence of the soda water. Yeah, that's a really great idea. Something I'm definitely going to go away and try. I mean, you know, we're talking about what the French are drinking in terms of, you know, the cognac and tonic, but here in the UK, it, we have a perception of dark spirits as something that you need to drink neat and you should never mix, particularly whiskey, with anything. Yeah. else cannot saturate it with anything aside from apparently more whiskey which is the <laughs> most ridiculous thing i ever hear but why do you think that is why do we have this perception that dark spirits should only ever be drunk neat i mean i think it's partly the romanticization of that image you know think of you know madmen and the drinking of the whiskey in, mm. in the glass but i also think you know there, there has been an evolution of consumer palate to product and you know you think about you know, my dad's generation was bitter and there was nothing between, you know, this 20-year-old palate and bitters. But then with the advent of lagers, etc., it kind of came a bit more there. And I think at last bast, you know, that mentality has been a lot of Scotch drinkers. Maybe the stereotypical traditional Scotch drinker was slightly masochistic and enjoyed taking their very strong PTILA cask strength whiskey and saying to their friend, have a try of this, you know, and they go, you know, and that <laughs> seems to provide them some sense of satisfaction. And I think, but now we're starting to get this evolution of this. We're getting more people kind of moving into this category. I think the diversity of, of flavor profiles is, you know, so much bigger and wider and so many more accessible ones and i also think you know with the development of consumer knowledge and trade knowledge and i think with the internet and having a you know a wealth of different areas where people can obtain information it's kind of coming together so i think it is changing but i 
you know, I, I think there's part of that romance around yeah. it, and there is nothing better than sitting in front of an open fire with a with a neat whiskey or a cognac. It was used as a signifier by a lot of people back in the day, and you know, I think Tom's correctly identified that generation really, like my dad and his dad before him. But you know, oh yeah, I'm going to be hyper masculine here. I'm going to have like a scotch. You know, madmen f- fed into that as well. But I never really understood whiskey for a long time, and I was a bit embarrassed to say that to people. I didn't really get it. It didn't really resonate with me, and it was only when I start to drink it in, in longer drinks and like more fruity or, or more kind of floral flavors that I start to really appreciate it. We've gone from that to just being like, all right, I just want to enjoy this how I like it and how I want to enjoy it and how it makes most sense to me. And I think that's really good. You know, we, sh- we shouldn't be really forcing people to drink a specific serve because it gives off a specific aesthetic as it were. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's losing that, we're losing that stigma around yeah. how we should or shouldn't be drinking it, with all manner of drinks as well you know that goes for guys choosing a drink like the cosmopolitan out of fear that it could be seen to be too feminine yeah and vice versa as well so i think we're moving away from that i mean it's a ludicrous idea that a, a flavor has a gender right I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. it's always bugged me i'm just like i don't understand that yeah bizarre it's strange. And I, I love the fact that you got into whiskey, really started to appreciate it by playing about with different flavors and adding different mixes to it, drinking it in different yeah. ways. You know, in the in the drinks industry, we know that we can drink whatever we want, whichever way we want. And we don't care that somebody might look at us and go, well, you know, I wouldn't drink it that way. We're comfortable to say, well, it's my drink. It's yeah. my rules. Mm. I'll do what I want to with it. But for those people out there who are a bit like, mm, do you know, I, I don't really want to drink dark spirits neat or in a, in a mixed drink what would you say to them and what, what are some of the reasons people have given you for for not wanting to drink dark spirits there's always like the conversation around hangovers i mean that, that comes up pretty quickly what people sometimes don't realize especially when it comes to mixers is the sugar content of the mixers and if you drank a load of gin and tonics the amount of sugar in those mixers is probably what's compounding your hangover really so i just tried to explain to people well all right well maybe start off don't go for the full measure go go for a half measure go for 25 mil and then go for a for a really good soda and again like pay attention to the sugar content all those things and read the packaging you know if the ingredients list is like that long there's probably a lot of chemicals in it so i would just say start really simple go for a lower measure 25 mil of whatever it's cognac or it's scotch where it's rum whatever and then yeah like i said i loved like tom's trick of just like doing half soda water and then just another half of like tonic or whatever mm. go crazy when you think about certain drinks and particular bitter right so if you try you know like a cognac and tonic water for the first time you don't know what it is that bitter reaction will be like Ugh! Because bitter is poison. Bitter is a learnt taste preference. So we're all born to dislike bitter because it signals poison, but it's something that we learn, that we like. It's about kind of being mindful about, okay, I have preconceptions, right? And, and to continue to taste, right? Continue to revisit things. You know, I remember one day all of a sudden I liked stout. You know, whiskey, you might revisit and oh, actually, that's amazing. My exploration into Scotch actually started with Highland Park, Highland Park 12, you know? And I think it really made me realize that it, there's more to Scotch than peatiness and, you know, iodineness. And actually, there's wonderful soft fruit flavors in there. I'd encourage people to actually read tasting notes, it's a really nice way to start. Because if you read the tasting notes of a Scotch, 
you know, you might be a, a rosé wine drinker or a white wine drinker and actually you'll find a, a scotch or a cognac or a rum. You know, read some of those taste notes, it might be kind of floral, stewed apple. You might be like, oh, that sounds really nice. Well, that's going to be in there. You know, you might need to add a little bit of dilution to open that out. And I think that's kind of the key thing is like explore those flavors available and explore kind of that dilution, whether it's through water, soda, water, a mix of Coca-Cola, you know, just have a play. And I think that's a really important but thing. Something that's important is if you want to explore this as a category, I would always suggest to people to go to a nice bar early part of the week in the evening when it's quiet and sit down and ask a bartender. Because often, you know, I think bartenders are very proud about the, the knowledge. They're almost similiars of spirits, right? And they will happily share that information with you. And to have a guide is so important because that context will have, give you better value, right? right? Taste this. And they'll help you with those words. They'll go, right, can you taste, you know, jelly babies? Yeah. Can you taste fresh apple? Yeah. And all of a sudden you'll be able to start to identify those signals in your mouth going up to your brain in a word, you know. This is great advice from Tom. One of the best ways to learn about a wide-ranging and complex drinks category like dark spirits is through the guidance of a bartender. It sounds simple, but bartenders are some of the most knowledgeable people in the world when it comes to the different flavours of dark spirits and how to mix them. They're also trained to help guests find what they like. So if you want to explore dark spirits and discover how to experience them in light, refreshing serves, go to a great cocktail bar. You'll be in great hands. This is just a quick reminder, you're listening to the Stillhouse podcast, made in partnership with Edrington UK and me, Becky Paskin. Coming up on the podcast, we discuss how important natural ingredients are in your drink, and Tom reveals his secret recipe for creating the perfect cocktail every time. But first, I wanted to ask Marcus and Tom what interesting ways they've seen dark spirits used to make longer, refreshing serves. Take a listen. The one that always comes to mind and it's to my mind is probably the most refreshing serve is like a mojito, you know, uh, with an aged spirit. You know, I know it's controversial. I, mean, I do like it with Cuban rum, but it does work re really, really well with aged rums. You know, as long as you don't kind of saturate it with too much sugar and you keep it light and fresh and, you know, you don't muddle the, the mint too much and you, you top it with plenty of soda water. It's just such a good serve. You know, uh, if you're new to this saying, hey, can I just make you mojito with this spirit and, and and the great thing about it is that you can do it with bourbon you can do it with scotch you can because effectively it's just a smash that's been lengthened mm. right mm. so great way of enjoying a, a dark spirit in my opinion how about you tom mine's very simple it's mizuwari which is a japanese serve of whiskey and water but for me it's the ritual of it right it's the energy that you put in just like a tea ceremony if you take your time and you kind of pour your energy into it and intention right there's a lot of power and in intention and just placing the whiskey into the glass poured over some ice stirred open up those flavors dilute it and then top it up with some more water or soda water and just a lemon twist on top for me that's perfection i think the thing that really sets off for me is the lemon peel on the top you know you take a potato peeler get a thick skinned lemon and just peel that over the top and then kind of squeeze that and you'll see all the oils kind of spraying out onto it. I mean, yeah, just to add to that, one of the things that I love, just getting really good tea and then making a cold brew and carbonating that and then you don't have to add any sugar. You know, tea's got such kind of complex flavor profiles anyway that you can really match your spirit to your tea blend. You know, if you really want to kind of go down that road and it doesn't have to be carbonated. You know, you can just do a cold brew, have that in the fridge, ready to go. I think a really good one to go for with the lighter style 
dark spirits or, or, or scotch in particular, I would say a white silver tip tea with jasmine works really well and then if you're going for like more you know those kind of space size a bit richer go for something like a hoja cha and then if you want something that's gonna stand up to more iodine kind of smokiness go for a lapsang souchong or something like that another little trick as well when you're brewing stuff lapsang souchong and earl grey go really well together so you want that little citrus hit that's a really good way of getting that in there but failing that for me and again we throw away a ridiculous amount of apples in the uk every day i think something like 800 tons kind of go to waste either a week or a day it's crazy we have some of the best apple juice in the world you know again it has tannic structure it's a really good apple juice you know townsend farm are a great kind of wholesale of apple juice and you get to taste the different varieties and it's the same thing you can actually pair an apple varietal with your dark spirit or your scotch or your cognac or whatever it is. And that's a really nice way of doing it. So I imagine those apple notes would go really well with a nice fruity style of cognac, those kind of raisin sultanery kind of notes, a little bit of uh, pastry and cinnamon yeah. in there. You've got yourself an apple crumble and a drink. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I mean, we're talking a lot about the different kinds of serves we can have in long drinks and we're talking about different types of mixers as well. But how important is it to really select a mixer which has natural ingredients that has been made really carefully we want to get the most from our spirit don't we so is that a consideration people should have yeah you know sugar is bad in excess but at the same time it's something that our bodies have evolved to deal with and kind of as we were talking about before like check that list of ingredients can you pronounce what's in there if not mm, do you really want that i would personally have sugar over synthetic sweeteners you know there are some really really good mixed companies out there you know square root soda you know i've been down to their factory i've seen them manufacture that you know there's great ginger beers and colas which are made from natural ingredients raw materials and i think there's a lot to explore in that area and i think it is important you know stick to things that you can understand so for people at home who are do you know okay all right tom and marcus you've sold me i really want to go away and make some lovely long refreshing mixed drinks using the dark spirits i've got at home how would you recommend they go about even starting what sort of mixes should they be looking for i mean one thing that i always suggest to people is to actually make a mixed drink to make a cocktail right learn how to make cocktails like a chef learns how to cook right if you're a chef a professional chef you learn how to make a stock you learn how to make a sauce if you know how to make a stock you can make a risotto you can make a casserole you can make a soup and the simplest stock in bartending is the sour right it's the basis of everything really simple two parts spirit and when i say a part talk about an egg cup a shot glass if you're making a drink for a group of friends it's a glass the key is the ratios that you put each one in two parts spirit one part sour juice of lemon juice of lime and one part sweet and that one part sweet is a ratio of one part sugar to one part water so kilo sugar liter of water 100 grams of sugar 100 mils of water if you mix those together one part one part two parts it will balance and from there you can play with it so you could do a mojito it's great right so you know you could do that with something like famous grouse or like scotch two parts famous grouse one part lime one part sugar some mint soda water right so from that basis as long as you have that two one one you can add juices you can add soda waters you can add everything from that and i think it's a really wonderful way to kind of explore because it allows people to open their cupboard as long as you've got some sugar and some citrus it's like what have you got i've got a jam i've got some orange juice i've got you know and that's where it becomes fun you know it's just that exploration of kind of pairing those flavors together just make sure you're always using fresh 
citrus. Fresh That's citrus, yeah. Because putting products into cans, if you heat citrus, it then becomes bitter. You know, same if it oxidizes and it's just a different flavor. So it needs yeah. to be fresh because bitter and sour are very different flavor profiles. There's so many applications for what Tom has just elucidated on there. I love making elderflower cordial and it's a really good thing to do, especially if you've got like kids or you want to kind of like just take them out and, and have a fun day. And when you have elderflower in the UK and it's in season, it's just, it's phenomenal. Like it's got such a complex flavor. People are so dismissive of it because you buy it on you know supermarket shelves but if you take that simple syrup you put your lemon juice in same ratios and then just whack a whole bunch of elderflower in and just let it sit overnight in the fridge you have one of the best tasting products you've ever had and then you just basically mix that it's already sour it's already sweet so just mix basically a double measure of that with like whatever spirit and it works elderflower and cognac is a killer combination by the way and again just a bit of soda water and you have such a tasty drink save a little bit of elderflower for a little bit garnish yeah look great on instagram as well it's everywhere as well and i think making syrups from items like that or you know i think so many people have mint in their garden and i think the the mint in people's gardens often you know like there's like lemon mint and and there's various different styles and i mean you could even make you know syrups with herbs you know soft herbs basil's really good yeah yeah, yeah, basil's a great one you know and making a basil syrup the same way and that works really well with bourbon basil and bourbon are just bedfellows they work so well together so you can make a mojito as, as we were just talking about in with basil instead of mint yeah, yeah. Uh, bourbon instead of rum yeah yeah top that off with soda yeah, yeah, Delicious. yeah, yeah, yeah. and even you know take the concept of a mojito so spirit sweet sour a fruit or herb element soda water right so as a concept you know that could be any soft herb coriander basil etc it could be a soft fruit right it could be you know a great way to do this year round berries freeze so well Frozen berries, just make that and you give it a little bit of a shake and then you've got like a cognac berry collins, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it. Once you get that ratio, the world's your oyster. And it's very difficult. If you get those ratios right, it's very difficult to make yeah. a bad drink. So, so many people overcomplicate it, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm excited now because, we're, you know, what we're talking about here is just experimenting, yeah. isn't yeah. it? With, yeah, with yeah. what flavours you like, yeah. what's on your doorstep, yeah. what's in season. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And as you say, this once, once you've got the basics down, you can play yeah. with anything. My friend Liam Davey used to joke about doing like supermarket sweep and basically yeah, <laughs> going yeah. to like a corner shop well, but... and, and be like, can I make a really delicious drink with yeah. what's available in the corner shop? And you should be able to, you know, if you're good at what you do, yeah, of course you should be able to go and pick up a bunch of stuff and make a really good drink that doesn't have any artificial kind of, you know, components to it, then it's fresh. I think this is it. We, we both actually grew up in the same school of bartending, you know, like mentored by the same people with the same mentality. And I think within the bar group that we had, the attitude is very similar to Italian cooking, right? It's like really high quality ingredients and simple recipes. Like don't overcomplicate yeah. it, you know, like there's so much beauty in nature. There's so much beauty in the, in the almost the organized chaos of aging a spirit, you know, and the nuances of it. It's actually really very easy once you have those ratios yeah. down. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people maybe are... Uh, put off using dark spirits in these kinds of cocktails. Maybe they're more comfortable working with gin, but actually there's a hell of a lot of different drinks that you can make if you did sub in some bourbon, pop in some rum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you recommend that people, you know, let's say they've got a bottle of something at home already, they're like, oh, God, do you know what? I don't know what to make with that. How would you recommend they go about that? Should they think about the notes that are within that spirit already and then work from there? There's a really undersung 
mixer and I think ginger beer, you know, it's so hard to not make a tasty drink with ginger beer. Everything goes with ginger yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ginger ale yeah. or ginger beer? Because ginger beer is, like, is spicier. I like it? both, but ginger beer I think is a good... Mm. If you find ginger beer too aggressive, just mix a bit of ginger ale in with it and that should temper it down. And there's some really good brands of ginger ale that are out at various different levels of intensity and, and sweetness. And, and again, it, I think it's one of those things where you know, introduce flavors to your palate and allow them to become accustomed with it, right? And, and I think it is important to remember that your palate will change. You know, we kind of touched on this briefly before, like you are born to like sweet, you are born to like umami, you are born to dislike sour, and you are born to dislike bitter. But they are learned flavors that we like to enjoy, right? Yeah, vanillin is another one because it's present in, in breast milk mm. effectively. So mm. from day mm. one, you're attracted to it. And again, coming back to mature dark spirits, so one of the things they do extract from the barrels is vanillins. You know, so in some ways, I think that's going back to the bourbon thing because it's so present. You know, that vanilla flavor is really there. That's why I think I was like, oh, I can understand this. You know, it has a reference point. This has been incredible. I've got so many ideas for going away and playing about with different flavors and creating cocktails with my dark spirit selection that I've got at home. I think I've got enough ideas now to last me a lifetime. <laughs> Before we go, I do have one last question for you both. And I like to round out our podcast episodes in the still house with a recommendation from you. So because this has all been talking, we've been talking about uh, refreshing drinks made with dark spirits. What is your ultimate refreshing mixed drink made with a cognac, a rum, a whiskey? It has to be for me, light scotch, like blended in particular, I really like, I think just like a really good, like, famous grouse perfect in a highball like tom was saying you know for me that's i sometimes spike it with a touch of elderflower cordial just to again nice. bring out those floral contents you can put a bit of apple juice in there if you want as well yeah. but yeah that, that's it and they're all that's all stuff i've got in my fridge at home yeah soda water so it's just wonderful you know the carbonation lifts aromas up you know like i love it. i actually really like it with highland park i like that little bit of smokiness you know and it's also wonderful with cognac i think what i really love with it for me, it's it's a little bit of a richer scotch with a little touch of smoke, the soda water, and, the, and then the lemon twist on the top because you then get this round fruitiness, sweetness that juxtaposes with that citrus on the nose. And for me, that's what's really beautiful about it. Soda water by itself, you know, like get a soda stream, get some chilled filter water, carbonate Teas, right? Like carbonate tea. Any tea, you know, ginger and lemongrass. Any corner store will have that. Berry flavoured teas that don't need to be specialist. And I think one of the things to think about when you're making these teas is it's about the temperature you do that. So it's something called collision theory, right? Think about bumper cars, right? Molecules, bumper cars. The hotter it is, the more they bump into each other, the more flavour you get, right? So if you want to have a really heavy flavour, put it on a rolling boil. If you want a really soft, aromatic flavour, leave it at room temperature. For me, like Earl Grey, at room temperature for like an hour, take it out. You don't get any Italians, but you get all these like citrusy aromatics in a soda siphon. Another favorite of mine is hibiscus because if you like a kind of a cranberry juice, it has that kind of sweet, dry, astringent flavor. Hibiscus water, carbonate, cognac, delightful. Yum, yum. Just get yourself a soda stream, get experimenting. Yeah. What about you, Becky? What's your favorite serve? I have a few go-tos uh, in terms of a refreshing long serve that I enjoy. So I've really said uh, whiskey and Diet Coke for me is if I'm out and about, that's what I would generally lean on. It's easy to find 
Diet Coke and a really nice bourbon. I do love bourbon, particularly like Maker's Mark works yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Those coconut flavours work with the vanilla and the Coke, like perfect perfection. But to step it up, we're in the spirit of experimentation. Maybe the drink I'm going to go home and try next is that twist on a mojito that we were talking about. And instead of rum and mint and sugar, I might use a bourbon, blackcurrant jam and mint and yeah. create a really nice long blackcurrant minty bourbon smash style drink. Mm. Yeah. Another quick and easy way of getting to that balance of sweet and sour is the use of apple juice. Mm. And we were kind of saying this before, like it has got some acidity in it, it has malic acid in it, and then you then have the, the you know the sugar in it. If you get a good apple juice with a bit of soda water, half and half, it's drunk a lot in Germany, half soda water half apple juice that's a great mixer and with maker's mark it's sublime oh nice dash of bitters in there and that's super quick and easy and it's something that doesn't require a huge amount of prep so long day at work come down you know some friends coming around i just want to have a nice fresh drink that's a quick and easy way of doing it important thing is not to get too hung up on it as well you know i think sometimes people they're like oh i don't have everything perfectly it's like it'll be fine just plain yeah. taste as you go stick along to, just, to yeah. tom's ratios you'll be fine stick to tom's ratios yeah <laughs> the ratio the golden ratios tom marcus it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the still house thank you so much thank for you. joining Thanks. us What a fascinating episode. I've genuinely come away from this conversation feeling so inspired to experiment with the variety of natural ingredients that already exist on my own doorstep. As Tom suggests, if you're buying mixes, just check the ingredients list. The shorter, the better. And if they source botanicals locally, that's a bonus. But if, like me, you're keen to experiment at home, it's all about harnessing the beauty of nature, using the botanicals around us to create a range of cocktails. I'm loving the idea of homemade syrups too. The key is to experiment with the flavours you enjoy, using what's on your doorstep and what's in season. Remember that key ratio as well. Two parts spirit, one part sour, one part sweet, top with soda and enjoy. Thank you so much to Tom Sodden and Marcus Salzanus for joining me on the podcast today. You can learn more about the great natural canned drinks Ace and Freak have to offer by visiting aceandfreak.me. You can also find out more about Ideal Drinks and their great sustainability mission at idealdrinks.com. Thank you for joining me in this still house today. Next week on the podcast, I speak to Kirsten Jaron of The London Essence and Nate Brown of Soda and Friends, where we discuss all season socials. In the episode, we deconstruct the myth that dark spirits are designed as a drink for the winter months and explore why they're sometimes forgotten as a great option to be enjoyed together with friends in the summer. Make sure you check it out for some delicious summer cocktail inspiration. Just a few quick notes before we go. Make sure to follow the show so you get automatically notified about new episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the show on Instagram at The Stillhouse Podcast. If you would like to learn more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at Becky Paskin or at Our Whiskey. Data and knowledge shared in this podcast is built on insight from Edrington UK's 2025 Category Vision, a framework based on exclusive consumer research brought to you by the UK's leading dark spirits experts. This podcast is produced by Edrington UK in partnership with One Fine Play. The Edrington UK team has been led by Fiona Older with a project team of Catherine Barossa, DK Chung and Becca Flynn. 
From One Fine Play, James Bishop is the executive producer. Kajra Ferozia is the editor and producer. Connor Foley is the producer and researcher. Selena Christofides is the graphic designer. I've been your host, Becky Paskin, and this has been The Stillhouse Podcast. For more information on responsible drinking, please visit drinkaware.co.uk. Thank you.